The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And now, Free Kicks. Free Kicks. With Illinois Youth Soccer Association's Director of Coaching, Adam Howarth and Rick Kemper. Here we are, episode two of Free Kicks. I'm Rick Kemper, and Adam is standing by. What town are we in this morning, Adam? We are in uh, Schaumburg today, so yes, beautiful Schaumburg. Okay, so we are we're coming to you from uh, two different locations uh, because of the miracle of uh, tech- technology, and we are talking about soccer, and that's what this show is all about. We're doing it from. Uh, an American perspective with a, to an American audience, but we really are talking about international soccer because it's so much better and so much interesting. It's so fantastic. And one of my favorite Sundays of the year just happened yesterday. All of these games took place. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, last week we talked about this relegation game, Southampton against Swansea City. And that happened on Tuesday. Did you get a chance to see that game? I did, yeah. I was actually lucky enough to watch the whole game, which was great. And uh, great game. Really good game. And then Southampton came came through with, with the 1-0 victory. And you know what I thought was interesting about that game was that the, uh, the guy who came in to score um, – what was his name again? Uh, yeah, Gabbiadini. Gabbiadini, yes. He, he was not in the starting lineup, and he would not have played at all, probably, or would have come in later, except for an injury. And the only, that was the only reason he came into the game at all. And then just a few moments later, he scores maybe the most important goal of the season for the club. Uh, absolutely. The super sub comes through. It's amazing how many times that happens. You know, it makes the coach look like a, a magician when those types of things happen. Yeah, it was great. It was great when he came in and scored. So the... You know, at, at times I felt uh, I felt sorry for Swansea uh, because, you know, Wales is losing their only Premier League team. But then I thought about it. <laughs> They're getting a new one, aren't they? That's right. Yes, the card is coming up. So that's the good thing. At least there'll be another Welsh team in. But obviously for those Swansea fans, they would love to have that that little derby match with, with Cardiff. That would be great. But going to have to wait maybe another year. We'll see if they can come back up. Now, it doesn't happen very often, does it, that they immediately come right back up? Uh, it doesn't happen too often. It, it just depends on really the, the talent level. You know, I think Newcastle did it a few years ago. They were able to keep all of their players. Um, the manager stayed. That was Rafa Benitez. And they've now kind of set themselves up pretty well to be kind of a good mid-level team. Uh, so it really depends on, on, on really the, the ownership, what they choose to do with the players, if they want to kind of start over again. And again, depends on the investment because a lot of these guys are making good you know Premier League wages and then they drop down and go down a championship. So you hate to say it, but they probably expect at least a little bit of a you know a lesser lesser pay structure. And uh, so some, some players just can't deal with that. So that's when they take off and go. Right. Exactly. Well, once you're, it's like, uh, you know, imagine American baseball player, you know, if, if this situation happened where a team would go down to the minors, yeah. the, the player would never stand for that. Right, exactly. You know, they'd still be expected to be receiving that same amount of money. And then if they're not, okay, I'm going to go somewhere else. That's, yeah. that's part and parcel of the, of the game. That's true. Yeah. So I was going for Southampton all the way um, because... I love hearing the crowd sing when the Saints go marching in. There you go. And and that 
has to be, we've talked about this, I think, privately, but maybe not on the podcast. That has to be the number one song uh, in the Premier League. It seems like <laughs> half a dozen teams, uh, their crowd starts singing it. I know the Spurs, when the yep. Spurs go marching in, there's a couple of other ones. I was at um, Preservation Hall in New Orleans recently with my wife, and there was a guy there from England who went to mm-hmm. who went to see <laughs> the... the uh, the show there. The, have you ever been to Preservation Hall? I have not. No. So it's it's an old fashioned show of Dixieland jazz in this really you know crappy little room. <laughs> it, it, I mean, seriously, it's like going to nineteen twenty two and uh, getting a ticket to uh, you know very private show of just the very best Dixieland jazz. Uh, artists in the world and and for years they would end the show with when the saints go marching in which is you know like the right. new orleans song right yeah sure sure well this year we went and they didn't end it with it they ended ended it with when you're smiling and this guy from england was sitting near me or standing because he can't really sit in this place and yeah. and he started screaming hey what the Saints go marching in? You know, he was like really mad. That's so funny. I think it's I think it's kind of a Premier League thing though, because that song is all over the place. No, you're you're absolutely right. Every team, I think probably every club team and their fans will chant that during the course of the game. Typically, when things are going well, it's not typically when uh, the team's down. But yeah, when the team's doing well, that's something that they'll always sing. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, let's talk a little bit about the uh, premier, the premier weekend. We have some audio. Premier League football. What's happening on the pitch? So this is the saddest day of the year for you. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. We've still got one more game, which is good. I know we'll chat about that in a little right. bit. But yeah, this is a tough. It's a tough one because you know there's no more no more football on television, and it's going to be. Uh, I'm going to go through a little bit of withdrawal here, so it's going to be going to be tough. I watched uh, the announcers at the end of the game yesterday and they they were almost in tears because <laughs> they like, well, I guess I guess we'll see you in August. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's funny uh, I saw actually Carl Martino I saw a tweet from him and he was talking about, you know, the off season and he still had a he still had a soccer game on there somewhere. He's probably watching a a different game of some type or from from a different country, but yeah, it's it's tough when you don't get to watch those games every week. You kind of go through withdrawal, and and they talk about that, especially when the international games are going on. You know, when they have those international friendlies, and you don't have maybe a Premier League game for a week. Right. Exactly. Well, this was when's it coming back? This was kind of a a big season for the Premier League. Man City, unbelievable, right? Oh, absolutely amazing season for them. I mean, a hundred points, first time a team's ever done that, which is. Absolutely amazing. Um, I think statistically this was the best ever. 32 wins out of 38, which is amazing. I mean, they did lose a couple, so that's that kind of hurt them in terms of their invincible season. But right. still, still, I mean, 100 points. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. 103 goals, too. Yeah, lots of goals scored. Lots of goals scored. You know, over 70 goal difference in terms of how many goals they scored and conceded. Yeah, it's it was they were the best team. Winning by nineteen points it turned into yeah. and I the, turned in the German league there for a second. It, it did. And, and and you know the thing that's amazing about that team is, 
you know, none of them were uh, in the running for Golden Boot, right? None of those, even though they scored 103 goals, they spread it out. They have so much talent on that team. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right because, you know, they were able to score goals in bunches from different players. And that's probably what made them so good. And when you think about the teams that do really well, that, that happens a lot. You know, they'll, they'll have players that with 15, 20 goals, and uh, they're just able to use all those players to score those goals that they need. Now, if you're a Man City fan, this summer you're not going to have any withdrawal because virtually every player on that team is going to be playing in the World Cup. That's right. Yeah, they're going to be busy. They're going to be busy in terms of games. And then I believe, if I'm correct, they're going to be coming to Chicago right after the World Cup as well. So yeah. people might be able to catch them here too. So that'd be nice. But don't you suspect that it, most of those players that play in the World Cup won't be on that team? Yeah, it was funny. I was talking with somebody about that. You know, you know, it's like four or five days after the World Cup. Who knows what's going to happen in terms of right, their play? Exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, really, I mean, they do need a little bit of a break, for goodness sake. I mean, they're going to need some time. So, this typically when they have these preseason tournaments during the World Cup, it's it's a bit hit and miss because you just don't know what players are going to show up. That's the tough thing. Right. They'll send uh, like two or three players that'll play like eight minutes. Yeah. And then it'll yeah. be the B team, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Do they have a reserve team? Is that uh, is the structure like some of the club teams here in America the same as it is in England? They have like a they've got a first team and then they've got a reserve yeah. team and then yeah. all the different yeah. age groups. Yeah. I mean, it's it's similar in terms of England. They'll have a first team. Obviously, that's the main one. And then the reserve team. Then they'll have under 23s, under 21s all the way down U18s and goes all the way down within the club. So the the first team is kind of its own separate entity. They kind of do their own thing. You know, they may play in a different style compared to all the other teams, but all the other teams are pretty consistent because primarily, as you, as you probably know, we talked about last week, winning is all that matters at the first team level. Right. Um, and that's what, that's what they have to do. So, they're not going to worry about style of play. It's survival. It's making sure they win. And really the philosophy of, of that first team coach, that's really what's going to happen. You know, what I, what I find interesting is watching some of the battles for like 16th place, you know, where like Huddersfield, <laughs> uh, they were uh, acting as if they won the Premier League, you know, just to stay up, to have a little town like that, make it into the into the Premier League, first of all, and then to yeah. stay up for a year uh, with with really very little talent, don't you think? Oh, it was amazing. I mean, what was what was crazy? So their game against Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea needed to win that game, and right. they went all. They, I'll, I'll give them credit. They went all out, tried to score, put them under pressure, and then this there was one particular area. It, it reminded me of when I was playing in the streets back home, or even. World Cup and the kids play World Cup at the end of practice, you know, the ball's banging around in the penalty box and suddenly there was this fantastic header by Christensen, I believe. The goalie, Losi from um, from Huddersfield, made this absolutely amazing save with his fingertips. Yeah. And uh, and it, and then it went out, there was another shot and they still couldn't score. But that was that was the amazing part of the game because, you know, Huddersfield was just putting their bodies on the line, they were diving around just <laughs> This was this was their life, you know. This was they they knew that if they got a point, they would stay up. Whereas Chelsea knew that if they scored, 
they could potentially get into the Champions League. So that was what was great about that game. Yeah, that was a great game. I know it didn't end the way you would have liked. Uh, and actually, Chelsea's kind of in a, you know, I watched that game yesterday. Oh, oh. boy. Oh, yeah. boy. It, they didn't show up at all. No, I mean, yeah, I was watching the interviews about it as well. It's just like, my goodness, you know, they were they were saying how the other team was more determined than us, and that's not a good thing. You know, Chelsea, it's it's a bit of a mess, I'll be honest with you. And there's even discussions today that I wouldn't be surprised. And, I, you know, maybe this is a little bit of uh, speculation, but this could happen. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chelsea manager is fired before the FA Cup final this weekend. <laughs> you know, I saw his post-game interview. It looked like he wanted to be fired. It, exactly. I think he's done. He's, he's pretty much put his hands up and said, I'm out of here. You know, it's just fire me now. Give me the money and I'll take off. Yeah. And, and he's never going to quit because he's got a probably guaranteed contract, right? Exactly. Exactly. And to be fair, if they're going to play like that, I'd much rather him be fired and get somebody else in and just at least finish this season out and then try and see if they can hold on to these players. I'm not I'm not too happy about how it's all gone down, but there could be a lot of changes this year, this summer in Chelsea for sure, especially after the World Cup. So now they still have one more game. Let's talk about that because this weekend, uh, the FA Cup final, it's Chelsea versus Man U, uh, two of the biggest uh, clubs in the Premier League battling it out for a trophy in a year in which neither team has won a trophy. So what's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, any, like I said, I'm going in with, with Chelsea in terms of what they've done. I mean, I'm a little worried because you just don't know what's going to happen. The game's on Saturday. I think it kicks off about 11, 12 o'clock here, our time. Um but yeah, I just it's going to be a good game. The FA Cup is always kind of the the showpiece uh, end of the season. Before in previous seasons, it used to be kind of stuck in during the year, during the kind of before the season finished. But now, in the last few years, they've decided to put it right at the end, which is probably a smart thing. And uh, we'll see. I mean, it's always a, a good game. It's kind of it used to be probably regarded as kind of like the Super Bowl, but now it's just more of kind of the end of the season FA Cup. Hey, you win. It's kind of a nice way to finish your season. So so explain to the the people that don't understand the, the whole FA Cup thing uh, how this works because it a, it's a big deal. Yeah, the FA Cup is really the true um, association knockout football competition. I think it's actually the oldest one in the, in the world, actually. Um, and in fact, I've been lucky enough to play in the FA Cup. Have you really? Yeah, I played in it when I was a 16-year-old, yeah, so back in the day. I was sitting on the bench and got on for about two, three minutes with one of my lower-level teams, but it was it was quite cool. Um, but what happens is every team can enter. They all qualify to try to go into the FA Cup, and typically those lower-level amateur teams will play typically four games to get to the first round, and then there's three more games from the first round to the third round. And the third round of competition is when all the professional teams come in. That's the Premier League teams. Right. So so for me, if I was playing as a non-league regular schmo team, we'd have to play seven games just to be able to get a chance to maybe be drawn against you know, a Chelsea or a Man United. And that happens. I mean, there's sometimes those non-league teams can step into the into that area and what's nice about it is there's no seeding it's just a complete open draw 
everybody gets put in the hat. So you could have Chelsea versus Man United in the in the third round, right. but you could also also have Chelsea Man United in the in the final too. So there's no seeding, not like the NCAA tournament or anything like that. Whatever happens, happens. So that's what's kind of cool about it. It's a true knockout competition. And what's fun is watching games like uh, when uh, Chelsea or uh, Man U or or Man City comes to a little tiny town in England. You know where they've their field is in bad shape, and you know that these players are used to playing on just in palaces, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, they'll go to pitches and. It's quite funny. You'll see areas of the field that are in really bad shape, and then, and then Chelsea has to play there, or Manchester United has to play there. You know, it, that's what's great about the competition because they go into this, they go to this this small little ground, maybe only holds five, six thousand, and you've got Man United who are making millions of of dollars per game, and they're in this little little locker room that basically. They have to hang their stuff up on a little hook yeah. when they're using it. You know, it's, it's great. And that's and that's what it's all about. It gives those lower-level teams the opportunity to, to go up against one of those big teams. And, and what's great about that is they get some serious money from it too. You know, topic, typically the TV will cover it. And if they get a replay, they get a share of however much money it is at the next game. So it's, it's really a cool thing. Has any team ever made it to the finals of the FA Cup in, in you know, in the last – 30 years or so or is it always just yeah, the professionals it's typically the professional teams i think you know i'm trying to remember off the top of my head probably we've had some non-league teams maybe get to the quarterfinals before but then it just kind of that's about as far as they've got but um sometimes like a championship team or a league one team may get through all the way up to the semi-finals and sometimes even the final just really depends but often it's it's normally the premier league teams that end up finding their way through into the final yeah i was watching arson uh, wenger's last uh, press conference and i didn't realize that he had won seven fa cups which is pretty impressive but there was yeah. something that he said at the end of his uh his press conference which really kind of got me uh I'm, I'm kind of a sentimental old crowd um and, and when he said uh you don't know until you live here just how deep the love and passion for football is in england and he was talking about how much he just loves england and he's you know he's french he's he's not english um but yeah. he he feels like there's something about the way the english approach football that you just don't see anywhere else in the world yeah it's a good point i mean yeah it's it's definitely deep in englishman's blood i mean that's normally the first conversation when two englishmen meet you know maybe in chicago they'll talk about hey what who do you support and then yeah. all of a sudden you have a conversation about you know chelsea and tottenham or whatever it may be yes and, uh, you know that it, it it that's always kind of been the biggest thing. It brings people together, and I think that's the great thing about the the world's game. And no matter if it's a, an English team or if it's a, a German team, yep. I think I think people understand the, the world of football, and they'll talk to each other about it. And that's what's kind of nice, kind of neat about the whole situation. I was in uh, Croatia uh, during the, I guess it must have been the qualifying for the Euro Cup. Yeah, uh, in 2013 or whatever year that was. No, it must have been 2015. Whatever it was, it was a uh, 
a British bar in Croatia watching England play against Ukraine or something like that. And it was a 0-0 game. And after the game that, you know, the British guys were chanting and screaming and I went up and talked to them and, you know, like, oh, you're American. You know, you, what do you care about football? <laughs> and I said I, that, that I love the sport. And he said, well, what's, what's your team? And I, I said, well, you know, I'm from Chicago. I try to, he, he goes, no, no, no. I, I'm not asking you what town you're from. I'm not asking you, uh, you know, what, uh, what country you root for. What's your team? And I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> but now I know. Now I get it. He was a Newcastle guy at that time. And he was he and his buddies were just riffing all night long about the sport. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's funny. So obviously if he's a Newcastle fan, he's he's been used to a lot of defeats and a lot of mediocrity. <laughs> so so that's so that's been good for him. So uh, yeah, you know, watching true. it. What and watching an England game is not much different. So he no. probably he probably <laughs> felt right at home. So it's good. Mediocrity is in his blood. So he's 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 good to go. Okay, That's you need fun. to explain a tradition to me. All right, here we go. And now explain that foreign tradition, please. Okay, a player is injured on the field. Here come the. What did they call to to take care of the players that are on the on the field? They're not they the trainers. Cool. They're not the physical trainers. They are the the physios, I right? Love, the physios, yeah. Oh no, it's great. So it's always funny, even when growing up back home. You know, when I was younger, you know, sometimes we was lucky enough to have a physio. Basically, a physio is short for physiotherapist, which is basically a physical therapist. Okay. We just we just call them physiotherapists for whatever reason. We just decide not to use the L. Um, it's the same thing, you know, they're still dealing with, you know, getting players back on, back on the feet, but yeah, the physio is just a shorter word. Everybody goes to see them before the games and after the games, what they need. But what's neat about the physio is these guys are fit. These guys can run on so that they run on quicker than anybody I've ever seen. So they'll jump on, they've got their little bag of whatever they have. Yeah, magic, with that magic spray, right? <laughs> exactly. You got it. You got it. The magic spray gets on there. They're running out there. And they always have the earpieces in now. So when they run on, they've got their earpiece so they can communicate straight away. Hey, you might have to come off or no, he's good to go, whatever it may be. Puts the magic spray on, takes a quick look, and he's off. But those guys move quick. Those guys are fast. It's always funny to me because they've always got their boots on. They've always got their soccer shoes on, and they're out there flying. As soon as they come on, boom. You know, here in the States, it's a little bit different. Sometimes it takes forever for some of our physios to get out there. So Yeah, and they're certainly time. not wearing their boots. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, you never yeah. know when you need to take a free kick and and uh, to set a bone in someone's leg. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's funny. When I was coaching college, I had, I had a physio who was fantastic, and he kind of related himself to one of the English guys. He was the same way. He felt like he would watch the English Premier League and he'd be like, I'm going to run on there just like that guy. So he had his little bag. It was great. So we kind of indoctrined him into being a, an English physio. And then I got him a pair of boots and he was ecstatic about that. So he was like running. I think he, I think he actually, I think he really wanted to play. I think that was just the, the big thing for him. But uh, he, he, he loved the fact that he could just run onto the pitch when he needed to. So it was great. I love it. All right. We, there's a big American soccer story. Let's uh, have some audio for that. In this country, we call it soccer partner. That's right, we do. And and there is a, a big story in Chicago this week. Uh, 
Tom Ricketts, who's the owner of the Chicago Cubs, is talking about buying a team or or founding a team in a league I've never heard of. Have you heard of this league? Yeah, I'm pretty familiar with it. Yeah, that's the USL league. Uh-huh. Yeah. So tell me, tell me about this league. Yeah. So USL is a division. It's basically sanctioned as the Division Two league. So I guess you could almost classify it as close to like a AAA type of a league in baseball, and uh, it's sanctioned by US Soccer. And so what ends up happening is a lot of these USL teams are affiliates to the professional MLS teams. So, for example, Chicago, I think, has an affiliation with the team out of Tulsa. They used to be with St. Louis. It, it, it can constantly change, similar to what we have here, especially with uh, baseball or hockey or whatever it may be. But, yeah, so this league, Division Two League, professional league, um, and it's starting to really get popular. Um, Louisville was the champions last year within the league. They'll have an East Conference and a West Conference, just like uh, similar to what we have in the MLS. And Louisville were getting some great crowds. They were getting close to 30,000 people uh, at some of their games. So uh, it's definitely a league that's definitely increasing. They've got 33 total teams in the league, and they're already looking at maybe six or seven, including Chicago, to expand. So exciting stuff. Do you think it would ever get to the point where, <clears throat> excuse me, where they the they do it the way they do in England, where they'd have relegation and uh, uh, people going up a league? I mean, if yeah. if this league is as strong as you say, it would actually make sense to do that, or is it just, or it's just America not ready for that? Yeah, it, it's this is a it's been a big question. A lot of people in so, in the soccer circles talk about the pro rel uh, idea, and it, it's a tough one because of the investment that people make into these MLS teams. You know, it, and and it's such a new league. I think it's going to take quite a few years before we have promotion and relegation. And and I get that if you're an investor and you spend you know millions of dollars on a MLS team and then all of a sudden you drop down, <laughs> you right. know that's. That's a tough one to, for anybody. So I think if we were a more older established league, I think that could happen. Who's to say? 20 years from now, that po- possibly could happen. You know, I think the popularity is there. Like I said, the USL leagues get more popular. It's a Division Two league. They've talked about maybe bringing up one team as kind of a trial team. So there's that promotion possibility. Yeah, There's lots of things. Um I think relegation is a little further away just because of the way it's set up with with the investment and our league being so new. Well, you know, you see uh, you see the way the MLS is uh, is taking hold on the West Coast, for instance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah fantastic. Seattle and Portland and, you know, the, those those teams out there on the West Coast, the L.A. Galaxy. Uh, that is a model for what we want to happen in the rest of the country. I don't think it's quite happened here in Chicago for some reason. I, I can't really put my finger on what it is. Maybe it's the location of the fire field out in Bridgeview or, yeah. or what it is. But, uh, you know, there is a passion for soccer here in Chicago. We see it on the youth side. You see it as the uh, Illinois director of coaching. Uh, yeah. There are more kids playing soccer than there are playing baseball or football now. 
Yeah, you're no, you're absolutely right. And this uh, May is such a massive month for for soccer here, especially on the youth level. You know, we're dealing with with tryouts, we're dealing with competitions and, and all that kind of stuff. I'll be honest with you, probably from my job standpoint, the coaching education side, we kind of take a little bit of a, a step backwards because there's just so much stuff going on in May. You know, you've got tryouts, you've got all these tournaments and competitions, state cup and and everything else. So it, it's a busy month. So you can see it's increasing. There's so much soccer out there, and uh, people are watching more of the Premier League. They're watching more of the MLS, which is great. Um, it, it, it's really a it's really a good thing. You know what I notice uh, as I've been in coaching or have been part of uh, youth soccer for many years now. Uh, the kids didn't used to know great soccer players right they come yeah. out they play the game they enjoyed it but they didn't have you know you didn't see kids wearing messy jerseys or ronaldo you know there that was f- few and far between 10 15 years ago it just didn't happen and now every kid has a favorite player whether it's through you know fifa uh, the video game or whether it's through the Premier League being on television or the World Cup or whatever it is. Um, you got to have that. That's what you that's what you shoot for. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, look at NBC has done just such a fantastic job of promoting that. I was very I'll be honest with you. I was probably skeptical because I didn't know what NBC would do right. when they got when they got the rights to the Premier League. But right. um this is a throw-in, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, when the ball goes out, what you do is you throw the ball in with both hands over your head. Exactly. That's what I was worried about. I'm like, oh, my God, we're never going to get anything to achieve this. So, uh, but it's been amazing. They've done a really good job. I think the way they've done it, the approach has been great. And then you've got also Fox Sports that's also going to have the World Cup this summer. They're going to also have they have all the, the – um, the Champions League games. So there's games on. You can watch it. And now, obviously, with the internet, you can pretty much watch any game at any time. I know I know my my son and certainly a lot of other kids. Hey, did you watch the game? I'm like, how did you watch the game? You're in school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We was, able to, we was able to watch it somehow. So, you know, sometimes, you know, if it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, they'll find a way to watch a game, especially if they have studied all that last, that last 30, 40 minutes or so. But, yeah, it's on all the time. You can watch it. And that's what's great about it. Now, speaking of uh, international soccer, uh, I, I know somebody who is going to Barcelona this week. You know this guy? Yeah, I absolutely. I've been lucky enough to weasel my way onto a little coaching education trip, which is really exciting. So I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm going to be able to uh, catch the, the final game of the season, which is exciting. Uh, unfortunately... It's a little bit of an anticlimax because I was hoping Barcelona would be going unbeaten, but they lost yesterday. Yeah, five to I four. saw that. I was just like, oh, my goodness. So, And Messi didn't even play. I know. So they, and so. And Suarez um, missed a goal uh, to, to uh, equalize at the very end. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, but, yeah, so we're, we're excited about it. I'm going to be able to. Go visit with some different academies, different some different clubs. Meet with the Catalan Football Federation, and then catch the final game of the season. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a definitely an exciting part of the week. So I'm there for about seven days. So it's going to be cool. Okay, so we will probably not have a show next week. Yeah, I'll be back coming back on Monday. Okay. Um, so we'll we'll figure we'll figure it out. Uh, well, uh, perhaps a different day next week, but uh, yeah. Well, we got to hear all about this trip because that uh, certainly sounds uh, like it's going to be a lot of fun. 
Um, and then don't forget uh, Adam's TV tip. Now time for Adam's weekend soccer TV tip. So the question is, do you think you'll be able to watch this game? Yeah, I'm hoping, especially hanging out with a bunch of soccer people, I'm hoping we can carve some time into our schedule to be able to try and catch the game. So Saturday be about 11, 12 o'clock, I believe, is the kickoff. And uh, looking forward to Chelsea Man United against uh, the old manager in Jose Mourinho. Hopefully uh, Chelsea's got a manager or who knows what we'll have by Saturday. We'll find out. I'm not overly optimistic in terms of how Chelsea will do, but my heart always says a Chelsea win, maybe 2-1. We'll see. (laughs) Do you think it's possible that Mourinho would go back to Chelsea? Not a chance. Okay. Not a chance. (laughs) That bridge has been burned. I think so, yeah. I don't know if him and Abramovich are sharing Christmas cards these days. I don't know. I think that was kind of done and dusted. So it'll be some international coach. I'm hoping for a young English manager always, but I don't think that's going to happen. They, they want results, so we'll find out. We'll be here pretty quickly. All right. Well, uh, we'll uh, be uh, reporting on the progress of that game next week, and uh, we're going to start uh, doing some uh, World Cup previewings soon too because that's starting before you know it. Yeah, in June, middle of June. We'll be here before you know it. Absolutely. Yeah, looking forward to it. It'll be, be a great month of soccer. At least I'll get our soccer soccer fix for sure. Absolutely. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Free Kicks. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. I was at the temple on Monday. I was walking into the temple and I held the door open for a pretty attractive older woman. I'd say she was like in her early 70s maybe. And she goes, well, thank you. Are you here for the seniors event? Oh, ouch. Oh, let the record show she was kind of hot in a 70-year-old kind of way. So I'm like, are you listening to what you're saying right now? (laughs) Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. The Tony Lasano Podcast and Opie Production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. What would that be? A GMIF? Oh, oh a my grandma? Oh my um, God. Stop. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com.